0: Welcome to the Shaman Jessica podcast, where I share all about my work as a shaman. These episodes are purely based on my own experiences and perspectives and never a substitute for medical advice. Let's begin our journey. Greetings, girl, and welcome to my world of phrase right now. It's Hey, everyone, welcome back to another podcast episode and part two to the previous one, where I talked about the movements and fluidity in society and how we have to... we're kind of forced to get behind one of them. So they're all about separation and how these very sensitive topics actually serve larger principalities and are used to create chaos and outcomes that are preferred for those principalities and divide people and they're also a form of very clear spiritual bypassing, because they're a type of mind control that are a cop-out and make people think that because of these movements, certain problems in society are being taken care of, even though they're not, and they're mainly used as a distraction. While well, the real important things are going on that people can talk about openly because they are never addressed, And when you do address them, you're dismissed as crazy. So this is a problem. All of this confusion about spiritual warfare takes me back to the days of Babylon, where people were just confused, couldn't communicate with each other. And this was a constructed situation because of the spiritual warfare that was going on. So... When we are talking about cultural appropriation, which we discussed in the last episode, how does this pertain to spirituality and people like me who are doing shamanic work and call themselves a shaman? And let's also not forget that there are a lot of quacks and narcissistic people out there, especially in the spiritual community, who like to use those terms and appropriate very ancient specific cultures and practices and just call themselves specific titles and don't actually walk the talk and do the work and um, are very self-serving. I'm very aware of especially the spiritual community being kind of a cesspool for those types of people who are looking for power, who are preying on weak people. And it's very problematic. So for me, the term shaman is... A term that I'm not in love with it. And it's very much because of the things that I mentioned before. Yet, what I do is shamanic journeying. So shamanism is the term that most closely covers what I do. I would be fine calling myself an energy healer or whatever you want to call it. I'm not too fussed about it. The term shaman comes from... What I do, Shamanic Journey, it identifies most quickly and easily what I do. And I kind of like that it throws people off because it's an opening for me to talk about Essene Shamanism, which is what I do, which is way different and not as well known as the types of shamans who do ayahuasca and the more Native American strands. And I really want to stress that shamanism is a phenomenon in every culture over the world throughout history in every religion you see shamanism and what that shows us is especially because it's been proven that these cultures weren't talking to each other you know around those times they show that shamanism is an innate ability. So it's a skill that we have, a state of being, where we are able to tap through 3D reality and work with all of the energetic structures behind it and work those in a way where we can bring source energy onto earth and bring our physical lives and bodies into alignment with source, which allows us to heal. So it's healing work and what you want to call it, I don't care so much. I was trained by an Essene shaman. So what that really did, I got a question today on an IG Live, which was, by the way, um, who trained you? Who did you do your apprenticeship with? A question that I've gotten more often, I never answer it. It's because... You know, first of all, I don't call out people. It's a privacy thing. But on the other hand, it's kind of like a bypassing thing for me too, which I don't appreciate. And I know that there's no ill intent with that question, but I'm here doing my entirely own thing. What that apprenticeship did for me was, it did teach me kind of like a system, but most importantly, it gave me so much validation for what I was already doing. And my work now is a pretty strong departure from that work in many different ways, and I created my own apprenticeship to be very inclusive, which mine wasn't, and I teach very different things. I teach in a way that is not only really what I was missing in my training, but is true to who I am and how I work and everything that I do outside of journeying for people and putting into practice. So. On Instagram, my podcast, my offerings, everything is about what I do. And that's what I want to focus on and honor. So that aside, I was trained by a shaman. And that's how I kind of learned that what I was doing was shamanic journeying. And it was a big hurdle for me to kind of get over my resistance and call myself a shaman, which I don't have to do in my private life. And I don't. I don't make anyone call me that. Um, but when you are out in the open talking about things, it is, you know, common sense and important that people can kind of understand and recognize what you do and call it a name. It's just language, it's just semantics for me. And my Instagram handle, I wanted to call it Jessica Vandenbrand Shamanism, but it was too long. And I noticed that I, just by going with, shaman as a title, so much resistance was coming up around that in itself, that I just knew that that was why I had to do it. And I'm happy I did, because these questions and things allow me to really lay all of these things on the table and talk about all of this stuff in the first place, which is great. So, okay, the term shaman. When you call yourself a shaman, and you don't come from let's say, a multi-generational shamanic lineage yourself, what does that mean? Like, what are you doing? Well, there's my own experience, and then there is a tendency that I see going on outside of myself. So let's focus on me first. My work, the value comes from what I'm doing, and... As long as I am healing people and helping people, I don't care if whatever you want to call me, right? The things that I do out there, the the mediums that I use to be out in the world and really talk about this work, the title helps me to do that, essentially. And what is quite interesting is that Essene shamanism is, in fact, a very, very ancient lineage. And... I only discovered my relationship to that lineage and where I come from after I was already doing this work. So I think that that is such an important thing to share with you. That the thing that made me do this was not that I found out that I, in fact, am Jewish and I'm from a Plantagenet line, which is very ancient and you can relate all of that back to the Essenes, but that is not what is important to me. What is important to me is that I am able to add value and these were the gifts that I was given and I want to use them. And whether they are given to you ancestrally, so yes, part of this is in my DNA, but I also teach people Who not necessarily come from those types of backgrounds. And they don't have any experience in spirituality or healing before they begin. And they go on to become excellent healers. So this is what I mean by inclusivity. And then there are people who call themselves shamans. And they don't do shit. They just do it for their ego. Or they want to prey on... Naive women or whatever creepy stuff people are out there doing. And some of them mean, well, there's probably a lot of appropriation in there, especially when it comes to Native American culture. What I do in Essene Shamanism, what I love about the Essenes, you can go back and listen to my podcast episodes about them, but they are a community that are doing what I'm doing now in a way, but just in a different, more evolved society in a technologically advanced society. But we're dealing with the same suppression and the same reversal that was going on in the time of the Essenes. And what we are holding on to is a remnant of what is pure in a way of living that is pure. So we come from a background, all of us, where we are dirtied and muddied up as soon as we come into the world and then we want to remember where we came from, what we're here to do as humans and we need to get energetically, spiritually clean and we need to become engaged in spiritual warfare, all of us, because so much is at stake and this is a universal thing. So for me, this lineage comes down to our individual lives and the tree of life connects us to that mission and that purpose which is ancient and it is uh, a battle that is so strong and so important yet we're totally conditioned out of it in our awareness and we need to come home to it all of it so if you just have one cell in your body that is remembering and acknowledging and wants to do more, for me, that's good enough. So whether you then wanna go on and call yourself a spiritual warrior or a healer or a shaman, I don't care. We just need people to stand up and do this work. That is what is most important to me. And what we are fighting against are demonic entities and principalities that are taking a stronghold over the earth and the way that they do it is through people because those entities they cannot really exist in our 3d vibration so what they need to do is lower it to theirs and come in through people that want to host them and want to entertain them but, by the way think about the word entertainment when I say this entertaining means actually being a host to these types of spirits. And this is so much bigger than the media. Because this is everywhere. So they will openly come in when people volunteer to host them. Because they get a certain power from it. And they get, they're in a Faustian bargain. But they also come in through trickery. And that is where people like myself come in. Because then we can easily go in and say, hey, this was not consensual, this attachment, and we remove it. And we bring this to source and we basically put out a restraining order against those spirits. But there are also people who are voluntarily very much pushing this energy into the world all the time. And when we talk about multi-generational shamans, especially around the areas that are known to work with dark spirits. So let's say, um, sort of middle America, South America, Africa area, where all of that Haitian voodoo and Santeria comes from, or Mayombe. what they do is serve dark spirits. That is, that is their job. So when you are looking at a multi-generational family that is doing it, what they get their power from, and their stature, is those spirits. And that is what we are then worshipping. I don't think that's a good thing. So, And I'm not saying that this is universal for every shaman, but especially those cultures are a big red flag. And Familiar spirits are not called that for nothing. They are actually inherited. And what they do in those lines is they have, whether you come from a light lineage, like me, thank God, or you come from a darker one, the darker one is all man-made and forced openings. And... The more people do it, the more you can kind of crossbreed those abilities and make them stronger and they are inherited. So that is something that you need to be very careful about when you are working with people. So the main takeaway that I would suggest from this episode is when you work with healers, work with people who walk the talk and who are putting their money where their mouth is, and putting what they stand for into practice. I considered working with this, I don't know, not necessarily healer, but this kind of well-known psychic sort of guy. But then I looked up one of his YouTube videos, and I saw that this guy was smoking, he had major health issues that you could see coming out on his skin. And I looked at his website and he had this sort of discount where he said, like, Oh, usually the price is this, but I am making it this for you because you are taking on the responsibility to do this work. And it was all like a very off energy for me, even though people that I trust, like more well-known people in the spiritual community, were like super fans of him, for me, it just felt off. Because, why the fuck are you smoking? Or, you know, what is this sort of ego thing going on? I, it didn't resonate with me. And when you work with someone, just do your due, gel- due diligence. This is a hard word to say with Invisalign. Um, so really see if people are putting into practice what they preach... And you can feel it on people. It's just going to be the first impression that they give. And I am all for being very clear and very direct and straightforward when it comes to this work. And I can be quite fierce in that. And I don't mess around. I give you what I see and um, things you know as they come. And I put myself out there. You know, with the previous episode or the things that I talk about on Instagram, if you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. And I get, I don't want to say punished, but I bear the, is it called the brunt? I don't know. There's a saying. I, I carry the, I take on the damage for it. And I see that as part of my job. There are also people out there who are putting you know, energetic attacks on me, all of that I need to deal with all the time. So know that I am super committed to bringing you the truth always. And that is really the opposite attitude of someone who's doing things for their own gain. So you can tell where people's loyalty lies and their priorities pretty quickly so trust your own discernment with that and a really big sign that you can go by here is as well are people trying to put themselves on a pedestal or being elitist about their own lineage or where they come from or are they trying to make their work inclusive? Because for me, I truly feel that this type of work, healing other people, is a birthright. And it even says so in the Bible, by the way. I'm not a Christian. I didn't grow up reading the Bible, so I can't reproduce like the exact chapter, etc. And I'm not saying that that is the be-all-end-all source for all information, but it is a birthright from source. So with everything that we do, it's about where our priorities lie and about the value that we actually create as humans. So don't get too hung up on terminology or what people call themselves or what type of family they come from. I don't parade around my own background at all. I'm not interested in that. Just look at the feeling that people give you and the actual value that they add and if they are in integrity. So, thank you for listening. It's 20 minutes and 22 seconds, time to stop. And I'll see you in the next episode. And by the way, it always helps me if you can follow the podcast and leave a review on iTunes because algorithms and it helps other people to see it. It helps me. And, uh, I thank you for taking out the time. Love you guys.